I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash ETM. Go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. It's no shock that the wealthy have been gaming the system to get their kids in college for years, but the recent Varsity Blues scandal is exposing the closed-door system in higher education that keeps so many of those who actually want to go to school from being able to. So my question is, what are we going to do about it?
Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Hey, it's Shauna here with some really exciting news. You can now listen to our entire back catalog completely ad-free, exclusively on Stitcher Premium. Check out all your favorite episodes of Millennial Money, like how to finally master the art of budgeting. In addition to the Millennial Money archive, you can also listen to every new episode ad-free, as well as tons of other ad-free Wondery shows with hundreds of hours of original content, audio documentaries, and exclusive bonus episodes from some of your favorite podcasts. You can sign up now for a free month of Stitcher Premium by going to stitcherpremium.com slash Wondery and using the promo code Wondery. Then once you're signed up, you just download the Stitcher app for iOS or Android and start listening. That's stitcherpremium.com slash Wondery in promo code Wondery. I wasn't shocked when the news came out about the Varsity Blues scandal. Unfortunately, I've known for years that many wealthy people game the system, and that you can just donate a large sum of money to a school, and basically, you write the entry ticket for your child. Also, the increase of people going to college has just been dramatic. When my parents were growing up, going to college was a luxury, not necessary for everyone. But that has changed. Now we push college like it's candy and look down on anyone that doesn't go to school. It's frustrating, I think, that we don't promote trades and other skills in this country, but that's a whole other debate. Interesting, in a recent article in the Washington Post, they stated that data from the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center shows that more than a third of students who start college haven't earned degrees after six years, often having nothing to show but debt. So, (laughs) how do we bring fairness to a system that feels like it's set up against our success, from the entrance of the cost of college to how many people you're competing against? Everything is just crazy. Does the whole system just need to implode? Maybe the answer is yes. I don't know. What do do you think? Joining us today is my new friend, Adebisi, who is a rock star in her own right, a two-time debt-free graduate of George Washington University, plus, she's super smart, a Bill Gates Millennium Scholar recipient, former White House intern and founder and owner of Upliftology, a higher education consulting and coaching company, and she's going to try to help us just unravel this all. The Varsity Blue scam, it rocked the news media, but it honestly isn't a shock to me. I've been, you know, too aware that many wealthy people have been able to scam the system for years now in lots of different ways. But I'd love to know from you, what do you think? Is it still possible for students to get a good education in college without having to scam the system like this? Of course, it is absolutely possible for students to get a good education without scamming the system. I didn't scam the system. And many students, if not majority of students, don't scam the system when they're looking to get their education. You know, it's just really disappointing to know that 
in this day and age, people still feel that they need to scam the system, especially when they have the means to go to school and to pay that exact amount that it costs for an education without any student loans, without any scholarships. But you see the wealthy who have the means to do so still doing this. And just like you said, it it wasn't a surprise to me. It's just more so disappointing that people feel that they need to go about life doing that, scheming people, scheming the system just to get an advantage. When I mean, you have people who are busting their butts to get good grades, to have the extracurricular activities, so they have the the when they have the um, extracurricular activities and the volunteer work that they need to make sure that they are able to get admitted into the schools of their dreams. It's just heartbreaking to see that people still find a way to cheat and not actually do the work. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel like the college system is rigged almost regardless. There are so many closed doors. It's too expensive, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think needs to happen to dramatically change the college system in the U.S. Is there is there a way to do this or is this just such like a lofty, uh, a lofty idea that it, maybe it won't change? You know, it, that is actually a scary thought to think that it will never change. But, you know, when when systems and structures are put in place, it is sometimes difficult to change it because of the way that it's been ingrained for over so many years. And to see that to to hope that it will change completely is a very lofty idea, to be honest. But what people can do is first and foremost, be the best for students, be the best students that you can possibly be. Get the good grades in school, ask the questions of your teachers, be curious, be an active participant in your education. And with that, parents also need to do the same thing, be active and not helicopter parents, but involved asking their children what are they learning in school figuring out what their students their children are doing so that they can help them in the home and support their education and if they are hearing things that they're not liking or they don't believe their students are getting the best education that they could possibly get in school talk to the teachers talk to the principal go to be an active and engaged parent involved be involved in the PTA as far as colleges I mean, it, it's very, it's going to be a challenge to try to change how college operates. It's the unfortunate <laughs> reality here that we also have is that in the college scam, for instance, you have people who are in the schools and these colleges that people are buying to get into who are also playing the system. You know, they were also earning top dollar to scheme the system in the schools and the institutions in which they work for. So imagine having people who are on the inside cheating the system as well. Yeah, it's just crazy to think about. You know, I think what made me angry and probably a lot of people is we're talking about people that are that are very wealthy that could certainly hire tutors and all sorts of help for students to get a better SAT score or to get into college, all of those sorts of things. And then, you know, the irony, of course, like some of these people, some of the stories that have come out, like they've paid half a million dollars or whatever the dollar amount is to cheat the system. And now they're having to post a million dollar bail and all sorts of things. I mean, it just makes me think like, what was your rationale thinking that this was a good idea? You know, it blows my mind to actually hear the numbers that were tossed out there. I mean, $400,000 went to a coach to have a child be superimposed on another athletic body so they can get into 
this college and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm like, you, you just paid for four years of college education to scam your way in. You just paid somebody else's educational fees and then some. There could have been a balance. Two students could have gone to school for free with that without even having to scam the system. You know, my mind just cannot get wrapped around these numbers. Over $6 million were paid in these scams and these schemes to help students cheat their way. I mean, what are we teaching our children? What are, how are we preparing them for their, their livelihoods once they graduate college that it's okay to cheat their way through life? That's, I mean, what joy does that bring if you're not, if you never have to work hard to get the things that you seek in life? If you never have to write a goal down and actually work towards those incremental goals to achieve the bigger picture. And are you seeing a lot of pressure? I mean, I see it from my end, from the money perspective, but I'm just curious, do you see a lot of pressure being put on kids that you got to go to a certain school or you're not worthy or it's not good enough. I mean, do you even see that in the grad level where where people are trying to get into these crazy schools that are super tough to get into that are super expensive just because they think the name will carry more weight than I maybe know that actually I was does. going to college, for instance. So I'm first generation American. My parents immigrated from Nigeria and going to a good school was everything. Um, not necessarily Ivy League, but just getting into a good school to get a great education because that's what they came to the United States for, right? They want their families to have a better life. They want their children to be educated, top-notch schools, top-notch education so that they can have a better life than what they would have otherwise. But nowadays, fortunately, we're not seeing as much, at least for my clients, I'm not seeing as much of parents saying that you must go to an Ivy League, you must go to a top 50 school. Because the, the reality of it is, is that it's expensive. It comes at a price. Financially, it comes at a price academically. Students who are getting into those schools are performing at a level that is very astronomical. It's almost inhumane <laughs> to a certain <laughs> level how you have to perform academically to prove that you need to be at the MITs, at the Dukes, at the Yales and the Stanfords. It's Saddening to see to, to a certain extent, because when you get into the real world, as you and I both know, when you're working those co- those corporate jobs, you know that having those degrees does not necessarily mean that you're going to be a better performer on the job. You have people who go to the regular state, the quote unquote regular state schools and do excellently well because they put in the hard work. They know how to sit down and focus and get the tasks at hand done. And what I try to do for my clients through my higher education consulting company is ensure that they have schools that are, I I like to do a three by three rule, three schools in the, Hey, I believe this is going to be easy for me to get into with no questions asked. I'm in the, in there, those schools are easy for me to apply to and be admitted into. Then the three schools that are like, Oh, maybe I, I may have a 50, 50 chance of getting in, but I want to take the risk on these schools. And then the three schools that are the typical reach schools, It's my dream to go to this school, but I don't know if it's going to be reality. And if it doesn't, okay, I won't be upset. I have other schools that are great on my list. So when I speak to my students, when I speak to my potential clients, I want to make sure that they are putting themselves in a position to win whichever way they go, that they don't, they don't believe that they are quote unquote, a loser because they don't get into these Ivy league schools, but knowing that they will get a good education from the state school. If they choose to go the community college route, they will do that for two years and they'll go into another school and they'll be okay with the process that they have mapped out for themselves. But names are a dime a dozen. It really does not matter. You can get a great education at any school 
so long as you're putting your best foot forward to be educated and learn. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. 
Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times. But your mind is on the future, too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. We'll jump back in after quick ask Shauna. And this one comes from Michelle who says, hi, Shauna. I've been a longtime listener and I'm just thinking about going back to grad school to get a grad degree. And I'm just not sure if it's the right decision. I've talked to a lot of people, but just wondering from your own experience, whether you'd get your MBA again, if you could, or if you just take a pass. Thanks so much for all the episodes and for opening up my eyes to new money topics and geez, just for helping me think about money differently. Great question, Michelle. <laughs> Fits perfectly, I think, into our episode today. I love when that happens. When you ask a question, I'm like, wow, I can just squeeze it right in an episode that is so relatable. I think this is a really tough question to answer, honestly. And I don't know if I can give you a lot of great advice, but here's here's kind of what I would think through if I was going through this again. So I went to Pepperdine University here in Los Angeles and I paid for my MBA, my master's in business administration myself. It was over $80,000. And when I was getting the MBA, I had really no uh, thought pattern like most people do, right? When we go to school about, wow, okay, $80,000, I'm going to have to pay that off. But nevertheless, here we are. <laughs> it definitely gave me a leg up when I got into the financial planning world for sure. But I still had a lot of question of whether it was 
the right decision. And I've gone back and forth many, 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 many times. I will say I had this one class that I loved and it has been absolutely invaluable. It was a strategy class and I've used what I've learned in that class from that professor for so many years now. And so I I tell people for that class alone, it was worth the investments, which sounds crazy because that was one class <laughs> to have one class cost me that much money. I know it just sounds ludicrous, but it really, that one class has taught me so much. But if I was doing it all over again, I would have gone to a less expensive school for sure. The university that I teach at now has a great MBA program and it's a fraction of the cost. It's crazy. The irony of it all is definitely not lost on me. But I would say figure out what school aligns with your career path. If you are going the corporate route, if you're an entrepreneur, there are different universities that are going to be better for you. And then talk to the professors and the graduates, if you can, before you even apply. Ask them the good stuff, the not so good stuff, and just see how it feels for you. Does it make sense? Are you getting any red flags? I mean, a grad degree, the purpose really is just to push you further up the income ladder. So you want to make sure that you are making a good choice and don't be afraid to look at smaller schools. I think don't kid yourself to think that the higher the cost, the better the education. I know I got trapped in that myself. Now, there were certainly more expensive MBA programs I could have gone to. But I did have those moments where I thought, well, if I go to a smaller school or a lesser known school, is this degree going to have value? And it goes back to the same thing that I say for undergrad. Unless you're going in certain specialty areas career-wise, I don't think anybody has really asked me what school I went to undergrad. I've had a few people who asked me where I got my MBA, but that's really few and far between. I got the same letters as somebody who went and got their MBA and paid half, if not less than half, than I wanted that I ended up paying. So I just think don't get trapped in that, that that feeding frenzy of thinking that you have to go to a super expensive school. Just find the right school that fits with you, Michelle. And I think that if you do that, again, depending on your career tra- trajectory, it might be a great decision for you. You mentioned that you graduated both grad school and undergrad uh, debt-free, which is just a huge accomplishment. So many people are like, how did you do that? But one of the things that you talk about is is scholarships, and they still seem, I think, like the wild, wild west to so many people. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of people listening that maybe want to go back to grad school, or maybe they want to get another undergrad degree. You know, what do they need to know about the scholarship game? and, And how do you even figure out what they might be right for the right scholarships. Yes. Yeah, so I, I work mainly with undergraduate students. And now that after I start my business, my students are graduating and going into their careers and going to grad school. Scholarships for undergraduates and for graduates work a little bit differently in the sense that most money is poured into those who are first time college students, first time going into their, their academic, um, their higher education, academic careers. So for undergraduates, there's a plethora of resources and it still blows my mind. Like you said, that so many people do not access or do not tap into the scholarship route. However, 
from when I applied for undergraduate, there there's so much more competition around scholarships because it's become so much more readily available through the advent of the internet. Whereas where I was applying to school and applying to scholarships, most things were just transitioning from paper applications <laughs> to <laughs> and snail mail to online and just a click of a button and you submit it. So for students who are going to undergraduate studies, Google search, straight Google search, scholarships everywhere. There are apps for scholarships. There are apps for um, finding those those scholarships that are right fit for you. Whereas when you're going to your graduate studies, it almost becomes um, more difficult because it's more specific. As you know, master's, PhD, and law degrees, medical degrees, especially those are very hard to come by for scholarships. However, schools, colleges and universities have fellowships that they partner with certain schools and academic programs where students can get those that money for their academic programs. So it's about getting into the school typically and finding how are they funding their students through fellowships and grants. How can I tap into that money, into the endowment money that they have for specific students? And that always comes back to performing well academically while in undergrad, getting the internships while you can in those related fields, proving that you have background and experience or even just interest in what you're going to pursue on a higher degree level. And sometimes your employer, if you are a grad student or a person who's going back to school as a grad student after working for some time, sometimes employers pay for students to go back to school. So it's important to know your employer's resources. And that's typically with the bigger companies, the bigger firms who do that. But if you know that you're committed to your company and you're willing to go back, they usually ask for paid time back with two or three years after receiving your degree. Yeah, I got my MBA. Now it's been quite a few years ago. The crazy thing was that all of my my classmates were working for these big companies and they were all there and their education was basically paid for by the companies. And I remember them kind of griping and moaning about having to be in class. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm the only entrepreneur in these classes with you and I have to pay for it by myself. So like seriously appreciate the benefit that, that you're getting because it was a lot of money. It was over $80,000 dollars to go to get my MBA. And so, you know, I think there are so many different, while maybe a company doesn't pay out full the grad degree, maybe they might offer you something towards it. But usually I find it, it just, you have to ask questions and you have to be proactive because a lot of companies do offer something. But again, if you don't speak up, they don't know about it. That is correct. And if you don't do your research and do, if you don't do the work, then you're definitely not going to know. And if you refuse to apply, you can never win what you don't put yourself out there for. Right on. Yes. So I would love to know, is it is it because you're a first time college graduate in your family or, you know, what is it that makes you so motivated and passionate to help other people go to college and, and figure out this whole system? Well, no, I'm actually not the first time. I'm not a first time graduate in my family. My parents both came here and they graduated from college at um, schools here in the States. And Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I, and I'm the last born. So I definitely had role models and family members to look to for advice, for questions. It was actually my sister, my elder sister, um, who had just recently graduated from the Catholic University of America. When, she, um, when I was enrolling and applying for college myself, who reminded me, hey, have you applied for scholarships? Have you done this? Have you done that? And I was like, oh, 
no, I didn't. And, you know, and I just scrambled and got myself together so I could apply for scholarships. But it it was the constant questions of how did you go to George Washington University and graduate twice debt free? Like, what did you do? Tell me, show me your secrets. Because during the time that I was at at GW, it was the most expensive university in the nation. Wow. At $56,000 a year for my undergraduate studies. And then I think like 35,000, maybe 40,000 for my, my master's at the time. And I have over $250,000 worth of education completely paid off for. So when I was going to school, I completed the FAFSA. I completed everything that I needed to submit to GW so that I can make sure I get my my top dollar and not knowing that I would, I would earn that much money in scholarships, but I was very, very blessed and highly favored to be able to do so. So I got school, I got money from the school, excuse me. I got money from the school um, itself through alumni awards, through, through the Pell grant, through so many different means, like little bits of money here and there. And then to put the icing on the cake, I was also a Gates millennium scholar where um, the Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates foundation paid for the balance of my, higher education costs. So by helping students who were at my church, in my local community, the children of my my fellow co-workers to apply to their college education, um, college, um, edu- sorry, their colleges and universities of their choice, I was able to figure out a process to help more students and create courses, create a curriculum around this with my business because I want more students to be able to go to school free. But like I stated earlier, Applying to scholarships now are is becoming more of a competition because of the access through the internet. And we have to remember that every student can be qualified, right? Every good student can be qualified. So how do you differentiate yourself? How do you make your application stand out? Yeah, it's just crazy to think about because every article I read, every news story talking with you, everything is just, it's getting harder. It's getting harder from, gosh, from just more people applying for college. And so there's, you know, tougher regulations to to get into college, to the cost of college, to scholarships becoming more difficult. I mean, it's just, it, it feels like a system that cannot sustain itself. I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I, I feel like that that sort of seems obvious, but what do you see happening in the next like couple of years when it comes to college? Do you see any any changes on the horizon? I'm really hoping, first and foremost, that we can get a way to regulate the cost of college because, like I stated, just what, not even, not trying to age myself here, <laughs> but not even 10 years ago, I graduated from college and for instance, it was $56,000 for me to go to, to school then. There are colleges around the nation that are costing $72,000 a year for a teenager to go to school. Can you imagine someone who does not have a full-time job, someone who is coming straight out of high school, who does not know what they want to do with their life, is paying $72,000 to be undecided? It's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's the cost of buying a home. You basically bought yourself a home Literally. and you went to college and you have no guarantee that you're going to earn a decent income when you graduate. So it, it's just, it blows my mind. It's just that it's <laughs> mind blowing. It's so disappointing. It's scary because you have people who graduate whose credit, unfortunately, gets jacked up, right? They can't afford to get a home because they have bad credit scores from their education. And while I believe having a higher education is a, a good investment. It's a good debt to have. We have to figure out a way how to regulate the cost of college. And what I mean by that is it should not be exceeding 
$70,000 a year. That's some people's total household income, if that, you know? So there needs, there, near, there needs to be a way that we can regulate it so that it doesn't get more expensive. And with that, I, I don't necessarily believe that free college right now in the United States is the right way to go. And what I mean by that is that it's going to cost someone something for college to be free. And we have professors, we have teachers, we have people on boards who need to be paid their salaries because they also have a livelihood to maintain. And if you look at the countries that have free education, it's coming out of something. And though that is taxes. Taxpayers pay for free education. I don't believe the U.S. is ready for it because it's it means higher taxes for us. And we are, we're already struggling with the tax brackets that we have. We have one of the best tax brackets and tax systems, whether we want to believe it or not, <laughs> in the world. That is why the U.S. is so great as it is. But, of course, we have some downfalls. If we are to <laughs> offer free education, it can create more competition for students. And what do I mean by that? With the Ivy League schools, they're going to have to get more selective in how they're selecting students to come in because they want to maintain that status. If it's going to become free for Ivy League schools and be on an equal playing field for community colleges, how will they be able to differentiate themselves? And they will, they were going to, they will do that through their academics. They will have to get more selective because they will want literally at that point, the cream of the cream, the top of the top. Absolutely. Those are such amazing points. Well, I, I would love to just wrap up with, with one final question to kind of tie things together. Of course, history, particularly in this country, has a terrible reputation of repeating itself. But what do you think we can learn and take away from the the varsity blue scandal? Even if we're not going to college now, what are some of the takeaways that you think we can at least as citizens of the U.S. try to better the system or try to help somebody out or try to use our talents to uh, to help somebody get a better SAT score the right way, the, the, the legal way, the non-scam way? You know, what do you think we can do and what do you think we can learn from this scandal? And everything invest into our children, invest into our future, because in short, they are the future, right? They are the ones who are going to support us in our old age. They are the ones who are going to inherit what we have built for them in the future so that they can carry on the legacies in which we've created. Don't allow your children to cheat. If we're teaching our children to cheat, we're, to cheat, we're, we're cheating them out of their future. We're cheating them out of their, their livelihood and what's to come because they won't be able to think for themselves. They won't be able to create for themselves. They won't be able to envision for themselves. And if we're taking away that creativity, if we're taking away that ability to think, we're only putting them at a deficit to be able to perform on the job, to be able to perform in life. And if we don't allow them to be invested into, in terms of academics, in terms of sports, in terms of thinking, in terms of putting in good resources, good teachers into their lives, and good people around their lives, then they themselves will not be able to see what is possible for themselves. For sure. Wow. Yeah. Such great points. I mean, this has been such a great discussion. I feel like we could talk so much more about this, but tell the listeners where they can go to connect with you and if they're looking to maybe hire you for your services. Yes. Thank you. I am at, at abc.co everywhere. So it's literally my first name, A-D-E-B-I-S-I. D-O-T-C-O on social media, as well as Upliftology, U-P-L-I-F-T-O-L-O-G-Y. 
on all social media platforms and you can catch me on email email and linkedin are my two favorite tools right now i'm sure you know as an entrepreneur those are the, the two things that you can always access <laughs> me at so at abc at upliftology.co and um linkedin my full name and upliftology.co.co is always there hey thank you so much for listening to today's episode Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora. 